Welcome to our very first episode of Tears for Fears, where we get you over your fear of playing the Tears game on DraftKings. I'm your host, Megan Schaup, and you can find me on Twitter at Megs08DFS. And since this is our very first episode on the Mayo Media Network, please be sure to like it, and of course, subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. And I have to thank our sponsors at Run the Sims. Run the Sims is a brand new fantasy tool site that offers a different spin and allows you to have an edge on the competition. And we'll be using Run the Sims here every week for this tier show. Now today we're going to talk about three reasons why you should be playing the tiers game on DraftKings and five strategies on how you can have an edge on the competition. So let's get right to it. This offseason, I tracked my results and I discovered that my ROI on tiers was much better than I realized. So I decided to make it my niche and focus on ways to succeed and find edges against the competition. And whenever I ask people, do you play tiers on DraftKings? I always get, does anybody play that? And I say, yeah, I do. And you should too. And here's why. First of all, it's a very different game than Classic and Showdown. It's got its own nuances, and it's very underserved with content, which I think is leading to more casual players. And we're going to be using Run the Sims here all season long. And the Run the Sims Rangefinder tool and Percentile Projections tool is going to allow us to find those ceiling plays as well as make those 2v2 important decisions. Reason number two to play tiers. You don't have to worry about missing out on that smash play. Say week one, Aaron Rodgers goes out and throws three touchdowns to his bestie, Randall Cobb, and you don't have him. Well, it's going to be tough to win a GPP or even do very well. But if Randall Cobb's not in the tiers pool, no big deal. Moving on. And reason number three to play tiers. Defense. Defense is the hardest position to predict scoring. Yes, we can look at opponent dropbacks or offensive versus defensive line and all sorts of metrics, but a good real-life defense doesn't always equal a good fantasy defense. And if it's one of those weeks where one or two defenses score 15 or more points, you're going to need them to take down a GPP or even do very well. So just like reason number two, there's no defenses in tiers. So no defense, no problem. Now let's talk strategy for tiers. Strategy number one, raw points matter most and chase the ceiling. Tiers really is a different game than Classic and Showdown. There you're worried about price and line of construction. Sometimes you even play a player super cheap that gets a zero or close to a zero. That's not going to work in tiers. You won't even cash. I know it sounds obvious, but you literally need to play the player that scores the most points in each tier. So that's why when you're deciding between two players, you have to choose the player with the higher ceiling. And that's where Run the Sims is going to come in. Their percentile player projections and the rangefinder tool are going to help us identify those ceiling plays. Strategy number two, opportunity and matchups carry more value. Why? Again, we're not worried about price. If a guy is in an amazing matchup or has an awesome opportunity, just take advantage of it. A perfect example is a player like Derrick Henry. In Classic or Showdown, he's going to have to do a lot to pay off that salary. But in tiers, he just has to be the highest scoring player in the studs running back category. Strategy number three. Use ownership differently in tiers than you would Classic or Showdown. In tiers one through three, that's your quarterbacks, your workhorse running backs, your stud wide receivers. I'm not worried about ownership there. I'm literally going to pick the players that I think are going to score the most points that week. But in tiers four through six, that's your pass catching running backs, second receiving options, some tight ends. 
Those tiers are the ones that I'm looking for the guys that have a breakout opportunity, the players that people aren't talking about that week but might be in a good matchup. That's where you take your shot for your low-owned gems. Just a caveat to ownership in tiers one through three, if there's a player that you think is going to be really high-owned and you don't see it, that's a great leverage point. Last year, everybody was talking up Lamar Jackson every weekend and he was pretty high-owned and he's in a run heavy offense and if he doesn't score some touchdowns on the ground he's probably not going to hurt you so I'd rather play mobile quarterbacks in more pass happy offenses like Josh Allen or Kyler Murray who are coming at lower ownership now in fairness I am a Washington fan that lives in Baltimore so maybe I just don't like playing Ravens players strategy number four take stands whether you're playing 1, 10, or 150 tiers lineups, you can't play all the plays and you can't cover all the combos. So make your stands and have your core plays. Probably have some more core plays in tiers 4 through 6 and then just rotate through them. If your core plays do well that week, you're going to have a great week. If they don't, on to the next week. And just like Joe Holka mentions that playing short slates can be a natural hedge, Tears can be a hedge as well. Say that you don't want to play Alvin Kamara week one in the main slate because he's going to be too high owned and he's too expensive. Well, that's scary, right? Well, you can hedge and play him in tears. I can't tell you how often last season hedging in tears helped save my week because let's be honest, we're not right every week. Strategy number five, don't force stacks. It's been drilled in our head to always team stack and game stack, but I think it matters a little less in tiers, and here's why. I keep saying it, but you need the player in each tier that scores the most points. So I think it depends who you start with as your quarterback. If you're starting with a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen, you may not always have to stack him. For instance, Stefan Diggs was one of the best fantasy wide receivers last year, but he was always in a tier with Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams. So there were Plenty of times where Josh Allen may have been the highest scoring quarterback, but just because of the tier that Stefan Diggs was in, he was not the highest scoring receiver in that tier. Now, conversely, if you're going to pick a quarterback like Kirk Cousins in a very condensed passing offense, you're going to want to stack them with Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. Same thing applies to game stacks. If you feel strongly a game's going to shoot out, like the Dallas-Seattle game last year, for instance, then by all means, game stack. But if you're looking at the Vegas over-unders and totals and you don't see any high totals that stand out or you don't think there's any sneaky shootouts on the slate, just don't force a game stack. So same thing applies. Consider a game stack, just don't force it. Thank you for joining me for the first ever Tears for Fears episode. Starting next week and every week after that, we're going to be breaking down the DraftKings slate tier by tier and determining our core plays. And we're going to use Run the Sims to do just that. Now, before you get out of here, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Megs08DFS, like this episode, and of course, subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. Now, let's go make some money, and I'll see you back here next week.